G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, Wendy, what a shock. I was uh, sitting there like probably the rest of Australia uh, on Saturday night and uh, just amazed at the way uh, Queenslanders spoke very loudly yes. and uh, the swing that went against the incumbent LMP yes. uh, and uh, in favour of the Labour Party. And uh, it was just, it was a shock. I guess you were shocked like I was. I was. I was. It was like, wow, wow. I kept on thinking, wow. Um but one of the things that I did think straight away too is that it's amazing that in our country to have such an, a, a massive swing, to have such a big change freely and without any bloodshed. Um, you know, around the world we would have massive changes like that with an awful lot of strife and we're able to do it here in our, in our country with freedom and so we thank God for that. That's not something to be taken lightly. No, it's not. Because oftentimes, as you say, in other nations that haven't had the same sort of heritage that we've had in Australia, uh, the change of power sometimes comes with uh, with military coups yep. and uh, with bloodshed and uh, rioting in the streets. That hasn't been the case, but people have been able to exercise this wonderful thing we have in democracy, our ability to vote, and every vote counts and we see that, particularly as we've seen on the weekend. We have seen, and people have spoken very loudly. And it's interesting to, to sort of try and work out what have they actually spoken about. Have they spoken out about leadership? Have they spoken out about specific issues? There's a whole lot of range of things that people believe what people are, are saying here. No one could have anticipated that in Queensland uh, we might be facing a hung parliament. No. Uh, and I suspect that everyone who votes doesn't necessarily think I'm voting for a hung parliament. But there was a tremendous protest against the Campbell Newman government. There was. Uh, what, what do you put down uh, to perhaps those sorts of reasons why people might be so anxious to vote against the Newman government? One of the interesting things I heard was um, somebody said, we're not soldiers, we're citizens. And so I think people felt as if they were being dictated to and being told what to do and almost had to stand at attention and, and um, salute. But it was interesting because, as you say, I don't think anyone expected it. And I felt that yesterday there was almost like a shock. Everyone was very quiet. Uh, nobody was really talking much about it. I think it was a little bit, wow, we didn't expect that to happen. Uh, I do think that it was uh, the leadership that people were reacting against. Um, I... I I'm in the the uh, my personal. I live in the the electorate of Ashgrove, and so uh, I saw Campbell Newman's leadership in a different way, and I saw it as a positive thing. Uh, but I did I do understand people's reaction as well. I think people are tired of arrogant leaders, and they perceived him as that.
Well, uh, can-do Campbell, and of course uh, I think his early career, in fact he was in the military, Mm. Uh, there is a sense in which uh, military people do see leadership as leadership from the front and uh, perhaps dictating orders. And there are a lot of issues uh, over the past three years that people in Queensland have been up in arms about. Mm. Uh, Everything from uh, appointments to the uh, head of the judiciary to uh, bikey laws, uh, all of these sorts of things that I guess a lot of people have seen as being very heavy-handed. Yeah, he seemed to get everybody offside very early in the piece and then they didn't seem to recover. So it was right early in the piece they made all of these big decisions and as you say, it was the judiciary, it was the health people, it was you know the bikies, it was, everything was just like bang. And then I think we expected the LNP to sort of recover but they just never did. Well, listeners throughout Queensland might especially be excited to have your say today. Our talkback line is open and you can be a part of our conversation. Interested in your input, uh, your thoughts about the state of play in Queensland post-election. Of course, uh, it could be a week or more before it's actually decided as to how uh, all of the seats fall. Uh, But you might like to have your reflection. Perhaps you want to talk about uh, Campbell Newman and uh, let's be objective about these things. Uh, Talk about his style of leadership. What is it? Perhaps if you were a swinging voter and you were voting uh, LNP the previous election, this time you said, I think I'll vote Labor. Uh, Why don't you tell us why? You can call us and be a part of our conversation. We're interested in your input. 1-800-316-316. You might also have some broader perspective when it comes to leadership uh, because the ramifications from what's happened in Queensland are obviously being uh, a concern for those at federal level and the Abbott government. What are your thoughts on the national ramifications and the way that people voted in the Queensland election? You might like to call us and be a part of our conversation. Our talkback line is open uh, on one 316 316 Wendy, let's talk some more about leadership because uh, this idea of being dissatisfied uh, Mm. with the leader, Mm. this is something we're seeing more and more Mm. uh, in uh, various state elections, uh, state governments and uh, federally too. This dissatisfaction Mm. seems to be something we've we've really taken to heart and uh, we're very quick and pleased to express our dissatisfaction. Yeah, we are. And It has happened on both sides of politics. So we saw dissatisfaction with leadership with Kevin Rudd, with Julia Gillard. We're seeing it now with Tony Abbott. Um, We certainly saw it with Campbell Newman. I think that people are looking to leaders for a certain style of leadership that we're just not getting. I heard uh, an interview with um, Bob Hawke and he said that there are no great Western leaders at the moment. So it's, it's an interesting concept at the beginning of this election campaign, the ABC radio did a, um, a survey and they just asked one question and they said, what is the one thing you want in your leaders in, and what will make you vote for whoever you'll vote for in this coming election? Overwhelmingly, the answer was honesty and the second word that came out was integrity. You can find that on their on their website. And that really spoke a lot to me because those are two Christian... Um, very, very strong Christian principles, honesty and integrity. And that's what people are looking for. So whether or not our leaders are honest and um, people with integrity, that's not coming across, obviously, to our people. They are not trusting in our leaders. 
Every leader on the change of government uses the excuse, uh, we didn't really know the state of the books. We didn't really know the state of the economy uh, because we were in opposition. And so, therefore, we have to change our policies uh, once we actually do get a look at uh, what the reality is. Uh, this happened uh, both with Labor federally uh, and with the uh, uh, the Abbott gov- government federally. And, of course, this is, was seen uh, with the criticisms that came from the previous uh, Bly government in Queensland. Uh, this idea of finding an excuse not to keep your word, not to keep your promises, seems to be pretty apparent uh, everywhere. It does. And those are for the big issues, like you've just mentioned. But they're also just for the small issues, just small things. We just want people of honesty and integrity. So... One of the leading um, people who might become a leader of Queensland, it was Tim Nichols, I don't think he'll mind me mentioning, but he he was asked on the weekend, so um, would you consider putting your hand up to be leader of the party? And he said, his answer was, I haven't talked to my wife yet. Now, really? Really? (laughs) So I mean, we're sort of talking at a minute level there, but I think what we're really wanting is for our leaders just to be completely honest. And I would be surprised if he hadn't talked to his wife about something so important. I think I was watching the same coverage <laughs> you were, and, I, and I, I think I had the same thought. And I think somebody on the panel said, uh, really, you haven't discussed that already? Yeah. As if uh, as if that wouldn't be discussed. But uh, there is, of course, uh, the idea that people... Uh, in the uh, Newman government were, in fact, so arrogant they didn't think they could lose the election. So it wasn't the sort of question that they were seriously asking. And maybe he did need to talk to his family because no one had anticipated that things would fall this way. I'm sure. And yet everybody was saying that Campbell Newman was going to lose Ashgrove. And so we were going to be looking for a new leader. And, you know, that's just a small little thing. But I do think that... um, there had to have been some sort of plans going in under, you know, behind the scenes about if if Campbell does lose, what are we going to do? Well, you might like to have your say. Our talk back line is open. 1-800-316-316 as we talk through some of the issues that those specifically in Queensland might face because it's been a Queensland state election. But, of course, there are national ramifications too. You might have your perspective and you're welcome to share it on 1-800-316-316. That's 1-800-316-316. Our talkback line is open. Uh, Wendy, other concerns that come out of uh, what's happened and the possibility of a hung parliament is the way that perhaps we don't always understand politics the way that we feel like we do. No, and I think people are perhaps understanding less and less because they are disengaging because there is this untrust of of, um, politicians and we don't have the respect that we're used to. And I think that's a shame. We need to try and encourage our children to understand and respect politicians. Um, But... There's certainly huge issues over the leadership and huge issues over this concept of minority government. One thing that will happen is the the, the minor parties, such as the Cata Party in particular, they are going to be front and centre and they're going to be really having um, an opportunity to be listened to, which hasn't happened for quite a while. And this is the case even if it's not a hung parliament yes. uh, where the minor party, in this case the, the Cata uh, Party, Uh, they are going to be a very prominent voice, even if they are not immediately 
holding the balance of power because people are going to take note of the sorts of things that uh, they'll be saying. And, of course, uh, with Bob Catter uh, pulling a few strings there and uh, certainly stirring the pot, uh, it could be a very interesting and exciting time in Queensland politics. I think so. And the other thing is because on a conscience vote, they are going to need... Um, the Catter Party people on conscience votes because there will be issues that will come up that the Catter Party feel really strongly about and that they will perhaps disagree with on the major parties. And so they're going to need their votes. So there will be some, um, there'll be some argy-bargy, I think, and there will be some give and take. To say that there will be no deals with the minor parties just is not, not really in play anymore. That's almost like a, a deception as soon as someone says that. We yeah. won't make any deals. Uh, but, you know, pushy journalists uh, try to make leaders uh, take positions on who they'll do deals with if there is a hung parliament. And so I guess uh, leaders have to make some sort of a statement and draw a line in the sand and say there will be no deals. But as soon as someone says that, you know they're not really telling the truth because when they're faced with a hung parliament and they have to do a deal with minor parties, then they have no other choice. Uh, and so what you've just said then is what they should say. See, and that's what people want. People don't want them to say there will be no deals because what you've just said is exactly right. Of course we know in a situation that we've got now, if we if there's no deals, we go back to the polls. There has to be a deal or we're going back to vote because otherwise we're completely without a, a ship without a rudder. So there has to be deals and so that means that people like the two Cataparty fellows who are both um, God-honouring men, uh, they will be in a position where they'll be able to say, "Look, we have we have neglected rural Queensland. We need to get back our, you know, the rural Queensland. The focus on putting some money out there. So there will be some real benefit for rural Queensland. I think there'll be benefit across a whole number of areas because these two fellows will be able to actually call a few shots." Well, I want to enlarge on that with you uh, some more because when you talk about those two members from the Catter Australian Party uh, being God-honouring members uh, and they potentially hold the balance of power, it does mean that our Christian faith has a big role to play in the way that a hung parliament might look. Uh, We'll talk some more about that. We'll also talk some more about the effect on rural areas throughout the state of Queensland that may have felt neglected and uh, there may be listeners who have some uh, input on that and uh, interested in your insights. Our talkback line open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. We are taking calls. Let's take one from Henry, who is in Dolby in Queensland. Hello, Henry. Welcome along to twenty twenty. Henry, are you with us? Henry, are you with us? I can hear some rustling. Hello, Henry. Welcome along to 2020. What are your thoughts on what's happened in Queensland? Well, I think Queenslanders don't really understand what's been happening or what Camel New has been trying to do. I mean, he's had a tough job to do cleaning up the mess that Labor left the last time. So what is Labor going to do now? Every every time they get in, they, they leave a mess for the Liberals to sort out again the next time the Liberals get in. It does seem to be the case, doesn't it, uh, that there was a mess and uh, there hasn't been any real policy direction put forward uh, by the Labor Party ahead of this election win. And you're saying, Henry, that uh, you know they've got to, try, they've got to do something to try and sort out a huge mess that's there. At least there was some plan in place, but now there's no plan. Is that what you're saying? There's no plan. I mean, yes, he's had a tough job to do. He's had to get rid of people. But what could he do? 
but we so far in debt, it's just unbelievable. And I've, I felt that that came across even when Campbell Newman gave his speech. I felt that he looked confident. I felt that he looked, look, I've done what I had to do and, and it was tough and you've now tossed me out, but I've, I've done, I felt that he looked as if he was confident that he'd done well. Uh, Henry, you would be, I guess, in the camp that says uh, we needed to have some pain inflicted upon us uh, by uh, the Newman government in trying to solve the mess, uh, but now there's there's no real solution. If that if that pain is taken away, things will get worse. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's right. Because now you've got a government that left us in a heck of a mess, and now they got get, they could likely get back in again. Uh, I don't know what's going on at the moment, but I mean, you know, it, it's a terrible situation to be in because uh, someone there's going to be hurt. It's, it's, there's got to be leadership, and if you have not leadership, the country turns into a mess. And and Labor's never had any real leadership at any time. Well, Henry, I want to thank you for your input. It's great to hear from you all the way from Dolby and uh, really appreciate you being part of 2020 today and uh, coming back to that leadership issue, uh, Mm -hmm. Wendy. And what will uh, the potential uh, Labor government do uh, if they do have... Uh, the uh, power to form a government, uh, what are they going to do? They're obviously going to be grappling to shackle together a plan uh, that we haven't heard about yet. They will be. They will be. Um, one thing that they won't do is I don't think that they'll take people for granted for a while. And so hopefully they will listen to experts in different fields. But uh, it is a shame in one way that the two parties can't work together in a more cohesive fashion for the good of Queensland, because I think both parties have strengths and both parties have weaknesses. And I think it's a shame that we are so combative um, with our with our system, because I think they are very intelligent people on both sides, if we could work together a little bit more. I mean, obviously, we've got to have one party that's in, and that party gets to call the shots, but it would be good if they could draw on expertise from the other party. Well, Queenslanders might like to have a special say today, although uh, those who are in other states around Australia are interested in your input on the ramifications nationally for what you might have seen as the federal, as the state election in Queensland unfolded over the weekend. On Australia's Vision Radio Network, you're on 2020. It's Neil Johnson with you. My special guest this hour is Wendy Francis from the Australian Christian Lobby. We're looking at a wash-up from the Queensland state election. Interested in your comments? You can be a part of our talkback conversation. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Jimmy in Tanamira in Logan in Queensland. Hello, Jimmy. Welcome along to 2020. Jimmy, are you with us? Yes, Jimmy, what yeah, are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reception's not particularly good here. Okay, what are your thoughts on the election? Um, I, I, I felt that they had to do something about the bikies, which they did. They were strong enough to do it. Uh, B, I'm a bit concerned about preferential voting. I, I feel that they were, were fighting against... Uh, uh, the combined forces of four parties or so, rather than um, over the line. The number of times I saw them get the most votes uh, on preferences, they lost. And um, what was the other one, Barbara? 
Hmm, I can't remember what the other one I was thinking of. <laughs> well, that's enough to go on as well. Let's get some uh, some thoughts from Wendy Francis. Uh, Wendy, the sorts of things Jimmy's talking about there. Uh, of course, there are a lot of uh, parties that are represented on mm. a voting uh, ballot paper. Uh, yeah. What are you thinking about Jimmy's thoughts? Yeah, so it's always discouraging for a, a leader when they, an MP, when they're running and they see that they've won 10,000 of the votes, the, the other ones won 8,000, but they're still going to lose. And the reason they're going to lose is because of preferences, maybe from the Greens, and and that this is a problem uh, that that um, we have with the preferential system. But the problem with the first past the post is a similar thing happens. So you you are still dividing um, between different groups, and you might then end up having somebody who wins who only gets like forty percent of the vote. So sixty percent of the people in that electorate didn't want that person. So there is no perfect system. Uh, but I'm I'm no. feeling what you're saying too because I, I felt very frustrated over the weekend because I felt that um, a lot of the people I spoke to just went in and just voted and they really had no intelligence be- behind what they were voting for, and uh, well, and I find that frustrating. Well, Jimmy. well, my wife goes for a, a good walk every morning and she she meets women you know on a regular basis and one of them she was talking to said oh. I have no idea who to vote for. I'm just going to vote for the Greens. And Barbara said, well, do you, you do realise that's a vote for Labor? And she said, oh, is it? Mm. Well, if it's <laughs> if it's um, just vote one Greens, it wouldn't wasn't a vote for the Labor. But no, if they put right. their preferences right. in, it, it is. Um, it, it usually yeah. is. And the other thing I would point out about the Greens is that, you know, they have um, some social platforms that are pretty diabolical. So... Um, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and that's what concerns me, frankly. Mm. That comes down to the thing we were talking about earlier, about misunderstandings and uh, not understanding uh, how our preferential voting system works and perhaps even uh, coming down to our misunderstanding of what various parties stand for. Mm. That's exactly right. And we need yeah. we, we need to be informed. And, we, and I think particularly as Christians, it's so important that we take our votes so very, very... Um, seriously, and so this is one of the reasons why family groups such as ACL, who I work for, but also Family Voice, a number of others, do checklists. And, and I encourage. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts, or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.